Heritage Media. Buying your first home is both an exciting and stressful journey. And while the market is hot and the houses are selling so quickly, it can seem like a daunting task just to figure out where to begin. That's why on today's episode, we have our very own Thomas Fife joining us. As a real estate agent with Wisebridge Harmhaven and a recent, and I mean very recent, first home buyer himself, we thought who better to have on the pod and pick his brain. So to break down the first home buying journey, here's Tom. <laughs> Take seven. So tell me where you grew up. So I was born up in far north Queensland. Was there for five years and we moved down to Sydney. And then when I was about eight or nine, we moved up to the Central Coast. Yeah. And what made you move to the coast? What were your, what was the draw card for your parents? Oh, first of all, my uncle lived in Noroville and like pretty much every long weekend holiday, we were coming up here and staying and just spending all our time at the beach. So we thought, why spend so much time on the freeway? Let's just move up there. Yeah. There's nothing necessarily holding us in Sydney. So Yeah. Best decision ever, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Do you think you'd be a different person if you were still living and growing up in Sydney? Yeah, probably. Yeah, jail? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Who knows with the big smoke? (laughs) Um, And where did you go to school once you got here? I went to... So I went to Penshurst Public when I was in Sydney, then I went to Canwell up here, and then for year five and six I went to Wyong Public. Yeah. Yeah, and then high school was Gosford. Yeah. You're a smart little cookie, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Bounced around the coast a little bit. Hey. I don't know if smart's the word, but... <laughs> Common sense. Yeah, and do, um, do right on tests. Maybe. Do you? You're good at testing? <laughs> I don't know. I passed that one, so... <laughs> you didn't pay someone. <laughs> um, so what made you get into real estate? How how did that happen? So I sort of... When I finished school, I went to university and I wasn't mature enough at the time. I uh, sort of was making excuses to myself and then I was working all over the place. I was doing... Tree lo- I was always had a job at Coles... I was working in tree lopping, warehousing, sort of just trying to save money. And then I was doing full-time work in a warehouse and it was just that particular one. It was horrible. I hated my job. The people who were there, who'd been there for a long time, hated their lives. It just wasn't – it was a toxic atmosphere. And I started to explore other options. Real estate was sort of always in the back of my mind and Wisebury had a careers night the following Wednesday. So I just did everything I could and got a spot there and – yeah, they, they gave us a sheet at the end of the career night that was like a sort of questionnaire about what we'd accomplished and a few things. And they said they weren't hiring, but they'd given us this thing, so I filled the absolute crap out of it. And I ended up getting an interview, and they offered me an opportunity day and did the did the opportunity day. It was great and got a job. So what's the opportunity day? It was like a, after they thought that I had a chance, they sort of gave me a shot, said, hey, do you want to come spend a day in the office, see what it's like, see if you can handle it? Because coming from a different, like, a hands-on experience to work in an office can be a big thing. Mm. It's not for everyone. So did that blow your mind? Did that – was it real estate what you thought it was and you come to the opportunity day and you're doing what you're doing? Was it sort of what you thought it would be or totally different? Uh, it was totally different, to be honest. Like, where when I realised there was a lot more that goes into sales, like a lot more values and just the, what you can do for people, that, that was really what made me want to work in the industry and – having a job where you can be rewarded more for the more effort and the more you do basically is what was getting me frustrated about my last job. Yeah. Okay. So you're now at Wisebury. You've been here for how many years? 
coming on three. So you've did Eight. the opportunity day three years. Yeah. What have you? What have you learned in those last three years that you just never thought, or what have you been doing that you never thought in a million years you'd be doing four years ago? Where do I start? Like, as a person, I've grown exponentially, matured. I've been thrust with responsibility, like just handing people's, like handling p- people's single biggest assets and helping people do the single biggest purchase they'll sometimes ever do. It's a big thing, and yeah, you can't muck around. You've got to be on point with everything. So that that was a big wake up call. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So what about confidence though? Has it? Yeah, my confidence has definitely gone up. My anxieties, like I learned to deal with that a lot more. Still suffer it crazily, but yeah, you throw yourself in the deep end and you learn to swim. Yeah. Okay. So, I just want to talk. I think it's really important that you have mentors. Yeah. No matter where you work, who are yours? Where do you draw inspiration from? So. Just getting into, into the industry, first of all, it would have been Darren. He gave me the opportunity, um, sort of showed me how far you can go with real estate and the benefits of it, and that it's not just all sales, sales, sales. Um, but then starting in the office, Sean Kennedy, Matt, Hut- Matt Hutchinson, those two have taught me pretty much everything I know. And just working with a great dynamic upon Wisebury. We've got so many agents, so much, so much experience in our company alone. Like, I don't solely focus on the company, but... That's where I've got a lot of my knowledge and yeah, a lot of the good habits of real estate. Yeah. There's a lot of teamwork too, isn't there? Because for, for all the seriousness and there's also a lot of fun and a lot of banter. Yeah. It's, which makes it because if it was all serious, you just couldn't keep doing it. No, that's it. That The competitiveness is full on. But yeah, at the end of the day, we're all friends. We're all working together here to get the good result. And I might be the one that misses out this next time round, but it's going to push me to work even harder next time so well that's a really good point because i think sometimes when you've got competition it actually makes you a better agent yeah definitely yeah. like there's yeah. mediocre uh mediocrity doesn't get rewarded here sort of thing no, you gotta, it doesn't not at all and that's a hard pill to swallow especially when you first get here but at the end of the day yeah you realize what's important and do you find too that you you have runs like really really good runs one after the other and you don't miss a beat and then all of a sudden it's like a bit of a downhill slope where you miss you miss you miss you miss yeah well that's that's real estate like you do really well and you sort of start to everyone says that you take your foot off the pedal because you find yourself so busy with in, in inspections and follow up and just pest and building reports valuations things like that but you've got to really just focus and doing the basics and and you have a bad, you have a really good month. You get ten in a row, and you have a, a bad month, and you got to just not let let that affect you. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, what affects a lot of people is mentally they have a two or three bad days, and they think it's the end of their career. Yeah, yeah. And so you just can't take it personally. Like sometimes you miss out on a listing, and it's for you never had it in the first place. You know, no, it was a family it. friend of someone else, or yeah, people people are going to decide on who they like as an agent like they want you to be able to do the job and be professional get them the best possible price but if they don't like a certain aspect about you or you come across the wrong way yeah you're dead in the water yeah yeah absolutely so we've actually got you in today because i want to talk about being a first homeowner um you've recently purchased so it's pretty fresh yeah and you're in that unique position of being an agent so you've got both sides of the coin yeah. Um, I'm sure there's probably a fair few agents who haven't bought in a while and there's not many first homeowners who have just bought in the last sort of eight weeks. Yeah, well... It's and that's fresh. So yeah. I just wanted to find out, so 
how do you think being an agent helped you buy your first home? Did it give you a bit of a competitive edge with just knowledge and the process? Oh, definitely. It. I had knowledge just because it's my job to know about the market, know about trends, know about areas and pricing and things like that. But just the daily reminder of this is one of your goals, that's what you want to do, do it. Mm. And I dragged the process on. I spent, I should have purchased 18 months ago and I let it drag on. I was only seriously looking for two or three months when yeah. I ended up purchasing, but yeah. How long did you stand on the cliff for, ready to pounce? <sighs> Since... I had the opportunity in March last year to purchase something off a family friend, which at the point in time, like, I should have done, but I just didn't think I was ready and I came up with all these excuses to myself and looking back now, if I'd purchased that house, I'd be 100, 150 grand richer. So yeah. should have just taken the plunge. Yeah. It's, how do you know, right? Hindsight's a Every, great thing. Yeah. Isn't it? So on the flip side, being an agent who's just bought up how do you think you're now if, if you've got first home owners coming in and, and they're yeah. looking are you a little bit more sympathetic to what they're actually going through definitely like buying a house just gave me life experience made me better at my job made me see the flip side of the coin and know how people feel when it comes to those really big crunch moments and so up until about three months ago what is something before you'd bought a home and gone through the process, what is something you might have, you know, just not overlooked but just thought it wasn't in consideration because you'd never been in those those shoes? Just sort of the feelings that people have gone through. Like it's going to be, especially for first-time buyers, it's going to be a big stressful time and like it's going to be hard for them to commit and you really just got to help them and listen to the things they say and give them options and advice and don't necessarily push them, like back them into a corner because it's not where anyone wants to be. Yeah. If, if they can't afford the one that you're showing them or something like that, then keep showing them, spend some more time, like help people out. And what did you actually have to do to prepare yourself to buy your first home? Well, I had like people around me sort of pushing me. I had, first of all, it was just saving up a deposit. You want to have a decent deposit because the bigger it is, the closer you are to a 20% deposit, the less lender's mortgage insurance you have. But not only that, and just getting on top of your spending, stopping all the spontaneous purchases, the clothes that go on special or the drinks and feeds that you go out to. Yeah. Like, yeah, just not necessarily wiping them out completely, but... Rain it in. Yeah, rain it in. So just on that, you're seeing a lot of buyers. How many actually have 20% ready to go? Oh, next to none. Like I was I was going to purchase with a 10% deposit. Because of my situation, I ended up having to put a little bit more, but I didn't even have a 20%. Yeah. Most people are buying on a 5 or 10%. Yeah. It was a bit harder for myself because I was buying on a single income, but you can do it. But it's yeah. not impossible. Yeah. I think the other thing too is do you find with first homeowners they've got this expectation of that, you know, what is it, reality versus? <laughs> reality versus. Uh, because they want this beautiful dream. Yeah, home, I have this. And they're looking at Pinterest and beautiful Instagram and, <laughs> and their first home is just not. But it's a stepping stone, right? Because yeah, everyone's first home is never their a, dream home. It's the first home. Like, it's a foot in the door. I yeah. had this picture-perfect view of what I wanted and a plan and everything like that. And I ended up – I didn't tick one of the boxes I had. So just give me two or three of the boxes that you had in your head that you wanted with your first home. I wanted at least three bedroom. Yeah. I didn't want any asbestos and I didn't want much work. And what'd you buy? Done. I bought a two bedroom <laughs> with asbestos that needs – New roof, kitchen, bathroom, ceiling, paint, flooring. Like, but you're in. Yeah, I mean, you're in. Literally everything that needs to be done. So you just <laughs> took the plunge. 
took the plunge and you did it. You're on the market. Yeah, So in the market. <clears throat> what kind of research into an area did – I mean, different for you because you know areas so well, but yeah. what kind of research do you think a first homeowner should be doing? Do they keep a tight area or do they just – just you got to keep your options open. Like the biggest thing is to think with an open mind. Come up with a few like criteria that you do want to fulfil, but don't necessarily restrict yourself to that. Yeah. Especially if it is a first home, because you're going to have a restricted budget. Yeah. You're not going to be be able to buy everything and have all the bells and whistles. So yep. just come up with a few things, a couple areas that that you necessarily want to live in, and just a criteria that you don't and something you would would not be able to live without. Yeah. Just follow that. Yeah, and just so, what do you think people should be a little first homeowners should be a little bit open with? Do you think just like uh, keep an open mind? I guess people people decide on areas and they want to live in this suburb and have this many bedrooms, have a pool and a back deck. But you can change things. You can do renovations, and you might be able to tick three out of the four boxes, and then in six months when you can afford it, then put your pool in or put the big back deck on that you want. Okay, yeah. So the other thing is there's um, a lot of moving parts involved when you're buying your first home and the biggest one is finance. How do you – you have to have your finance approved before you really start looking properly, don't you? Yeah, I'd get your your pre-approval sorted. In this market, you pretty much – you need your finance. It's no point going and looking at anything if you don't have that sorted. Um, Get your pre-approval so that if you find – if and when you find the the home you love – you can put an offer down because you don't want to find something that you ticks all the boxes and then wait a week and a half to get your finance approval and end up missing out or worst case scenario end up competing with people and paying 30 40 50 grand more than you would have to yeah if you just had your finance sorted on day one yeah so i just want to talk to first home buyers now about or well, sorry about first home buyers we just talked about finance being the first step but based on your experience do you recommend obviously sorting that out with mortgage broker bank what's you know they've both got pros and cons yeah it's there's not going to be a like, best case scenario for everyone go and have a chat with your bank and then also speak to a broker explore your options and do a little bit of your own research speak to someone who's purchased before and recently that has relevant information yeah ask them how the process was anything they'd avoid yeah and just see how they got their finance and who they went through yeah okay not mum and dad who bought 30 years ago <laughs> yeah don't get advice from someone who's bought when their when their home was forty two thousand on the yeah. on the lake, yeah, the interest rates were eighty <laughs> percent. Yeah, there's a lot of people that will give you advice that haven't purchased in ten or fifteen years in different states or different countries, and whereas their advice may be one hundred percent correct, it might not be relevant to you because you're in a different area. Yeah, what steps should I have in place as a first home buyer when I want to make an offer? Like, what what do I do? I've seen a house, I really like it. Yeah. And say let's just say there's a guide, it might be five to five fifty. Oh, what that's all that's gonna be up to you how much you'd spend like in a market like this, you pretty much have to you have to pay full price, if not above and beyond more. the guide. Like properties it's getting harder and harder to price properties because you'll you'll set a price but then three or four people will book end up negotiating on it and it'll go well above and beyond. So Yeah, okay. Yeah. But when offering, you need to have your finance sorted especially like in a market like this. You need to have everything, all your ducks in a row, so that when you find the right one, you can commit 100%. You don't want to drag on and end up missing out. Or even worse, secure the property, enter a cooling-off period, and then a week or two later end up having to pull out and watching it sell to someone else because you didn't have one of those yeah. things sorted. Yeah, and when should I engage 
a conveyancer as a first home buyer? Probably organise it straight away. I didn't tell my conveyancer until after I'd purchased and signed contracts. Um, but then again, like day in, day out, I deal with people every weekend that purchase homes and they've yep. never spoken to a conveyancer. They've just been told a name or a company. Yeah. Like we just give them a quick call, let them know the go, and they can get everything sorted. Yep. Okay. And what about building and pest? And and when <coughs> with building and pest, when do I do that? I've seen a home I like as a first home buyer. I don't want to spend a lot of money if it's got issues. Yeah. Is that in the cool off? Is that when yeah, that should you, happen? You should do that in the cooling off period because you secure the property as soon as you're in the cooling off period. Even if someone comes and offers the owner millions of dollars, they can't accept it. That gives you a chance to do your pest and build and get your valuation and get everything sorted. Yeah. You don't want to go and pay five, six hundred bucks for pest and build and then someone else offer ten grand more than you and you've just wasted that money. Yeah. So you put your point two five percent down, yeah. which is usually a thousand, two thousand dollars. Oh, at the moment it's probably like fifteen hundred. Yeah. 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 And then you've prices. got the time to do it and if yeah. if it ends up having termites or whatever, say la vie, you might have lost fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. but it's not. Worst worst case, absolute worst case scenario, if not if it's not something you can rectify, if it's not the right one for you, fifteen hundred dollars is a small investment into making sure that five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar purchase of yours didn't just go to a like a, a junk a piece of crap that's gonna fall down. Yeah, absolutely. And most people, you know, if I'm selling a home, I'd want a five-day cooling off. But what's the story? Can I extend it? If I've got a five-day cooling off and my broker's going, look, ask for 10, why is that usually the case? Just because banks and brokers are taking longer because there are so many people in the market. We put properties in a five-day cool-off just so that everything, the process gets started straight away. Yeah, um, We do extend, as long as you order your pest and build and get the bank valuation locked in, from day one of the call off if we're just waiting for finance like usually owners will extend the cooling off period and yeah it's not the end of the world yeah that's it if they've got a price locked in and like pest and builds come back fine everything's in order it's just finance and if banks are taking their time they're taking their time yeah and is it is it easy to get a, a building and pest guy out to in the day or two yeah definitely yep. like you should have someone you're going to use already but every conveyancer is like will have like contacts every, every agent will have a couple options for you and like if you have a good person building guy they can get it done and get a report back to you in 48 hours yep and do you find it if if a first homeowner was to ring you up or to chat to you and they go look this is what i'm after this is my realistic budget do you find the more information they give you the better or is that sometimes a little bit yeah definitely be honest like yeah. we're we're here it's our job to help you purchase a house like, yeah and some people try and play play mind games and hold things back or they don't tell you their budget and it just makes it harder harder to work with them. Like yeah. No one wants to work with someone who's hard to work with. Yeah. Like you, you're going to help people who are honest and straightforward because it's simpler. Like it, it is what it is. It is what it is, yeah. Don't get me wrong, like we'll help everyone out, but the less you give us, the less we have to work with and the less of a picture we can paint as yeah. to what your perfect home is. And I just want to talk quickly about government grants. Um what type of grants do the government have in place at the moment for first home buyers? Is there anything that um, you know that's out there that you think you could recommend? There's a couple at the moment. Um, like there's going to be some new new stuff coming out on the first of July, so that's this information is probably going to be irrelevant in a mm -hmm. month or so anyway. But just speak to your bank and broker; they'll tell you what there is. There's like the first homeowners grant scheme, first home buyers assistance scheme, and I think they're going to do some single parent schemes, like single, yeah, uh, single homeowner and stuff like that. So is Sorry, there somewhere single parent homeowner scheme? Yeah, so it's somewhere I can go to find that information out. Is there an you easy? Can, 
I, I just normally look on the New South Wales government website. Yep. Okay. Um, but any good bank or broker will have your options there for you. And tell you what's in exactly involved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And is there anything else first homeowners should know about? Is there any little tips and tricks or? Not really. Get your finances in order and go crazy. Uh, <laughs> be honest with your agent. Speak to engage a couple agents. Yeah. Uh, people, people, agents who are willing to help. Tell them a little bit about what you're looking for and, yeah, they'll keep you in the loop of everything new that's coming on. Yep, okay. And last but not least, where's your favourite place to spend time on the Central Coast? uh, It could be a beach, a mountain, a nightclub, a pub. Where where would you recommend someone out of town to come and have a look at? Probably the whole reason I moved up to the coast. Don't spend as much time there as I'd like to or as I used to, but Soldiers Beach. Yeah. Beautiful. Can't go wrong spending a nice summer's day down there. Yeah, oh, very good. Thanks, either, Tom. Either that or any of the many pubs and clubs. <laughs> we'll put a full list in our show notes. <laughs> yeah. Good food, good jigs, yeah. friends, family. Thanks, Tom. No worries. Thanks, Carly. Nice speaking to you. Yeah, have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Tom. Buying your first home can be a bit of a roller coaster, so hopefully hearing Tom's perspective, not only as a real estate agent, but also as a first home buyer himself, has hopefully made the process a little less daunting for you. You can catch Our Heritage every Wednesday wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to like, comment, follow and subscribe and leave us a review. If you've got a recommendation on something you'd like to hear, please let us know. This podcast was brought to you by Heritage Media, produced and edited by Kieran Christie and hosted by me, Carly Eldridge. Bye for now. 